0: God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to RLM TV.
1: Amen. Welcome back. hope you had a great weekend.
0: (laughs) It's a beautiful day in the glory of God. It's so fun to start a fresh week of teachings and everything that the Father wants to breathe into his people. So I ask that the holy angels go forth now and prepare every heart and every ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This goes out to the seven churches of earth. Now, seven... In Hebrew, one of its names is Sheba. So when the queen of Sheba, queen of seven, came to Solomon, Jewish uh, sages believed that the earth had seven earths. You've heard of seven heavens. Seven heavens is common amongst uh, glorious revelatory believers. But there are also seven earths. Seven earths is summed up in Sheba. So she was really the queen of man or the queen of earth or the seven earths. And when she came to Solomon, what it represents is the earthly marrying the heavenly. And that's really what all about Song of Solomon is about. It's about the earthly marrying the heavenly and becoming heavenly. And it is absolutely pure and astounding. And I want to read this to you to start out because nothing destroys religion like the understanding of marrying the virgin King Jesus Christ in heaven because religion really is the earthly counterfeits. The earthly is always trying to be manipulated by the demonic to copycat the heavenly. And even going into the heavens, a lot of times there's copycat imitators, imposters in those realms, and we'll get into that later on. But really, let's get into the Second Chronicles chapter 9 in the Amplified. The visit of the Queen of Sheba. Remember, Sheba means seven, and in the context, seven earths. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon. Now, all of us can probably relate to that, where our our natural thinking, our natural mind, our own Sheba, comes to test the heavenly. Is Jesus really in charge in the heavens? So it's like we're all Sheba when we first believe. And she came to test Solomon with riddles. She was accompanied by a very large number of attendants, with camels bearing spices, balsam oil, and a large amount of gold and precious stones, she came with tremendous offerings. It was the, with the earth, can only marry the heavens through the testing of the natural man and the tremendous offerings, because you, ultimately, you're giving your whole earthliness. To his heavenliness. And that's what it means to be married to Jesus. And you can't do that without giving the valuable things of your earth into the heavens and to the priest of heavens. In fact, the Jewish sages believed that the holiness available on the earth was the tithe to the priest. You can study it out in your own time. But the Jewish sages believed and teach to this very day in every synagogue in the world. That the holiness available to the nations on earth is the tithe to the priest. That's orthodox Judaism, which needs to be introduced into our true orthodox Christianity because it's absolutely, someone type in the comments, the truth anyhow. So she comes with large amounts of gold, precious stones, Second Chronicles 9.2. And she came to Solomon. She talked with him about all that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. There is nothing too difficult for Jesus. Solomon here represents Jesus. Nothing was hidden from him which he did not make clear to her, which means infinite revelation will come from the heavens when you're sincere like Sheba. So when the queen of Sheba saw the depth of Solomon's wisdom, as it's written, a king's wisdom is beyond searching out. I really believe that came out of this encounter and that proverb from Solomon. And the house which he had built, this house represents the house in the heavens. It was on earth, but it was a type and shadow of the heavenly house, the father's house. She saw the food on his table, the vast seating order of his officials, the, the rejoicing in rank and no one breaking rank. That's really what it says here. The seating order of the officials the governmental order that they did not break rank, and they were happy about their rank, okay? That, that would be a marvel in anyone's eyes these days. The attendance and service of his ministers and their attire, the clothing, the glory, his cupbearers and their attire, and his stairway, now this is where it gets really juicy, and his stairway. The most astonishing thing the Bible says that Sheba saw regarding Solomon was the stairway. I can feel the glory like anointing all over my face as I'm telling you this. His stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord and she was breathless. In the Hebrew, it means raptured, but her spirit was no longer in her body. She was taken out of body. Okay, okay. So what all these things build upon each other, and since they all represented the heavenly realities, it had the dynamic impact on her spirit to rapture her spirit out of her body. Now, there is so much to unfold here, and it all pertains to different things in the new covenant today, the food on the table, the seating order of the officials, the attendance and the service of the ministers and the attire. They shall walk with me in white. The cupbearers, the cup of the new covenant, the attire, the works of, of the faithful ones, his stairway. This stairway really is clearly Jacob's ladder. This stairway is our biblical ascension in Christ. But notice it's last to be seen. I can tell you this in 24 years of being sanctified under the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. It was the last thing that I saw. I saw all I saw the food that I need to eat the wisdom that I need to eat the first very first thing that I was born again the first thing the spirit of God said to me was focus on wisdom so it was exactly the same experience as Sheba to Solomon you have the table of food you have the order and the rank that you submit to those in authority I had to submit to brother Earl I had to submit to pastor Gilchrist I had to submit to all the staff at Teen Challenge And for years and years and years, submitting to other apostles and prophets authority until it was released. And that really came about in 2018, where it's like you've graduated from continuous submission to other men under rank and authority. And they weren't always perfect. In fact, they were extremely flawed men. And nevertheless, because of this order, you get the lessons and the Mm -hmm. training you need for the ultimate stairway.
1: And for a lot of you watching, it's going to be your boss at work if you're not, you know, if you're not called to ministry, which everyone is called to a ministry of your own life where you go, like your ministry is going to be where you're anointed and called to be. And so uh, the spell is being broken off of a lot of people that were not actually called to be pastors and teachers, that are not really called to be, you know, apostles and prophets. It doesn't mean you're not gonna walk in fivefold. Everyone walking into the kingdom age is going to have fivefold abilities operating in them. It rotates around you like the rings of the Ophanim, right? That's like your baby Ophanim starter pack on Malkut as you rise into the sun. (laughs) Everyone's going to be walking in those abilities. It doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, a pastor on, you know, on social media. It means you're going to go where you're called and anointed Mm And so a lot of people have been frustrated or lost feeling. They don't know where they're supposed to be because they were tricked by the religious spirit, right? The religious demon that said, hey, you're going to be, you know, the pastor. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And you were supposed to be doing something completely different. Like maybe a year ago you were supposed to start a job. Maybe you were supposed to start getting your training, learning your tradesman craft, Whatever it is that God has called you to, a lot of people have missed out on their beginning opportunities that they were supposed to start in like a year ago. And we're actually getting reports of people repenting and they're realizing as the spells are being broken off their life that they've actually had a clear instruction from the Lord even like a year ago. That's what they were supposed to be doing. You know, starting their, you know, online social media thing that, you know, it's centric to what you're called to do. For a lot of you it's not just going to be putting the gospel on your facebook page a lot of that is just fruitless it's good to share the message it's good to put that stuff out there but if all you're doing is sitting on the couch and watching the sermon sitting on facebook and reposting the sermon that's all good but what else are you doing with your life is it fruitless or is it fruitful and what we find is a lot of people were duped by the religious spirit into thinking If they just did a lot of soaking or got into power signs and wonders just sitting around, they thought that, you know, well, someday I'm going to replace the man of God. Someday I'm going to replace the woman of God. I will surpass them and have the online blah, blah, blah. You know, this, I know it sounds insane, but that is what a lot of the religious demon does, is tries to make you fruitless through giving you false hope of a false destiny when you're supposed to be starting your business. Your marketplace works that brings fruitfulness. And even if you are called to ministry, you're going to be trained in the marketplace. You're going to go through those experiences. That's the training of a minister is you're going to have experience doing those things. So the path to destiny is never just the couch potato life. The path to destiny is the fruitfulness of obedience of a son of God, who is going to be, first of all, a son of a pastor, a son of an apostle. To be a son of God manifest, if there's no obedience to a spiritual authority or a father or a mother in the earth, how will God ever trust you with the heavenly things? It's always with the earthly, natural first. You learn the lessons if he can't trust you with a cash drawer at McDonald's, how can he trust you with the wealth transfer from the wicked and government over cities and nations? Am I, am I speaking to somebody today? Are you hearing the word? When you, we look at, you know, the Queen of Sheba, and we're talking about the spices and the offerings, the religious spirit is that thing that will dupe you into, well, someday... You're just going to soak on your couch and it'll rain gemstones and then you can trade it in for cash and make the biggest offering ever. Well, guess what, Buckwheat? If you can't tithe regularly off of your McDonald's income faithfully, if you cannot tithe off of your middle class job faithfully, perfectly, do you think God is ever going to entrust you with the wealth transfer of the kingdom age? when he takes it from the wicked to give to the righteous? Or do we need to be faithful where we're planted? Some of you just need to get a job. No amount of making pictures online, commenting online, although it's good to participate in righteousness, in the righteous media. No amount of sitting at home, waiting for something to happen. Is going to replace walking in obedience. Some of you just need to go and get the job that God has been asking you to go get a job. Beg- begin to become fruitful. If it doesn't work in the marketplace, which means if it doesn't work at your job, it's not going to work, even if you had a stage in front of a hundred thousand people. If it's not working at your current job, or if you're not even in the job, you're just out on the couch potato land. Right? And some people, you can testify. You could testify and share your testimony online that you never began to really walk in your anointing until you got a job and you got the job where God wanted you to go. And some of you, you wonder, why am I stuck in the same place in the same job? It's always about passing the test before you move on to the next place.
0: That's right. The Apostle Paul says, uh, let everyone work unto the Lord, and if you don't work, you don't eat. Because that same a soaking, lazy, false, holy spirit had gone through Paul's churches. And he said, you guys don't even understand at all what I'm saying to you. So the religious spirit makes you lazy. I have always found the religious spirit is most evidenced in the poverty mentality. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if you study the religious spirit, the Antichrist in the New Testament, there are three major embodiments in the Gospels and the Epistles and the Book of Acts. And it is Judas Iscariot. And it is Ananias and Sapphira. And all three of them, the main characteristic of the Antichrist religious spirit, which is the throne of Satan operating in Christians' lives, was poverty. A poverty mentality. Offended about talking about finances. If there is still offense or a kind of a soulish reaction around money issues in the kingdom of heaven and god 's gold and all these things that is the evidence that the religious spirit still has a major stronghold in your souls, and so the offerings of Sheba was to break down the religious spirit that is the response of holiness to the religious spirit it is in in, Bi- in the bible it's demonstrated with offerings and so that really exposes how much mm-hmm. satan has a stronghold in american european and really global christianity that they are so religious and so offended about the things pertaining to money now you say oh well it's not about money it's about relationship with jesus christ well your relationship with jesus christ is how you've steward the natural realm the religious spirit would try to separate your your natural realm from your spirit saying the natural's not important, and so I can be a slob in the natural realm. I don't have to work in the natural realm. I don't have to give and be generous, and the natural realm's not important. It's just listen, that's called Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. That's a diabolical heresy that's sent from demons to destroy your souls. Gnosticism was one of the main enemies the apostles wrestle with in the epistles. When you study Colossians 2. It's the Apostle Paul wrestling that principality of Gnosticism that says, well, the, the external is not important or the external is over-important. And there's no balance. There's no Holy Spirit leadership. It's not revelatory. It's not the path of the scholar. It's religion. So religion really is arch enemy. And don't say, well, because I speak in tongues, I'm not religious. Uh, listen, I have dealt with pharisaical, mm-hmm. charismatic, religionists so intensely in 20 years of full-time ministry, it's astonishing. In fact, the most violent, vicious, slanderous people I've met by the hundreds Mm -hmm. have been the speaking in tongues, charismatic Pentecostals that are still completely filled and controlled by religious spirits. So it's not rare. It's common. It's the norm that a charismatic believer is entirely religious. Okay. Mm You know, we've taught this before many times, and I think we needed a greater revelation of it. The Pharisees were all charismatic. Mm -hmm. They believed in all the signs, miracles and wonders, angels, the glory realm. They loved the glory, you know, all these things. They were not offended by any supernatural thing that came out of the heavens. They loved it and they wanted it. And yet Jesus Christ said in the red letters, they were the offspring of serpents and the children of Satan. So Mm -hmm. there can be a charismatic people that fully believe in God, that Christ says you are the offspring of snakes and the children of Satan. Now, that's a lot to handle at once, but let it wash over you because the only part of you that the preaching of the word of God wants to remove is areas that still belong to the enemy. The whole point of preaching and teaching these things and exposing the religious spirit, exposing the the strongholds Mm -hmm. of poverty and all this is to cleanse the people. Preaching comes forth to wash you in the water of the crystal clear word. There is no thing in us that desires any selfish greed. We're not after your wallets. We're after your full Mm -hmm. connection to the Father, which will come with the full response of your natural realm automatically. A lot of people have unrighteous judgment towards crystal clear preaching because what it does is it exposes the demonic attachment in your heart and mind. Mm -hmm. And so your emotions react negatively to the exposure of your sins. The right response needs to be, I will allow that to be pruned in my heart and mind so that I may go deeper into God's glory.
1: Amen. I want to share a powerful testimony on this, just because I know some people, you might be new to this channel, or you might have been around, or maybe you just, you know, kind of forgot about this, even if you've heard it before. Uh, when it comes to the things of God and finances, just like Apostle Shadrach said the other day, he was drinking his, like, uh, water or his juice, and like, you know, I can't even really taste this right know, Like, I'm dead. You know, the apostle goes through a death. You die to self, to walk in it. It's a requirement. It's not a maybe, it's a have to. It is a have to. And When it comes to the apostolic, it's not just a get to, it is a have to. That's the difference. Uh, And I wanted to share this testimony with you on finances, too. I've had many opportunities uh, to go after money instead of being an apostle. And, you know, for me, I come from different backgrounds, I've worked in corporate jobs, I've worked in medical uh, field, I've worked in, um, you know, hospitality, I've worked in offices, i worked, you know, all kinds of different places that I've gotten to work in, and it's been a wonderful experience, but I did have some experiences where, you know, I had gone from just like my, you know, your normal, what was for me normal uh, income, to getting really like the job that i had trained for in college the job of basically my dreams where i was like respected and loved by pretty much like all of our clientele and our employees and my boss and I could, it was just amazing i was having the time of my life we had such a great turnout you know i helped to uh, build up this like a million dollar restaurant with some uh, entrepreneurs that, that had been in the family, you know, for at least two generations, that's how they were trained to, you know, to build this amazing place. And it was just amazing. I had a great time. It felt like graduation. I finally got the salary that I wanted. And then it was like right after that, as soon as that was accomplished, the Lord asked me to quit my job and join ministry with no promise of you know, are like, okay, you finally get the salary you want, and then uh, here, not really a promise of anything other than the hope of realizing the glory and helping other people realize the glory, and because it's the will of God, I said yes, right, so that's n- uh, not, that's just not, that's just one, that's just one testimony, right, one testimony, okay, who cares about salary, we're gonna go, you know, this is where God is calling me, so I'm gonna be there, and uh, the next the next thing was after being in it for some time, during some of the more like intense trials, you go through trials and things like that when you're going into ministry or wherever you're called in life, you're going to go through some testing and trials. And one of those is uh, we had met some people, there were some people that had come around who had successfully uh, turned people into millionaires by being an o- author Uh, and then doing, you know, there's just like, this is a basic spiritual practices, whether you're a believer or not, that people can get into. Just like, you know, your basic whatever. Those people that I had encountered, they offered me to make me a millionaire like they had already done with other people. And they said, here's so-and-so, we can introduce you to this person. We've helped, you're, you know, a very spiritual person. You're great at, great at what you do. And we've made this person a millionaire doing this similar thing. You can easily do this. This is how it works. You know, we can set you up. We'll go like this. You'll be easily millionaire. And I looked and I saw, yep, here's the people. You know, here's their, you know, their income. This is how they do it. It's very simple. You want no sacrifice of self. No dying daily on the cross. And on top of that, they say, no, I think you just, why don't you just leave behind red letter ministries? You're better than that. Blah, blah. You know, the whole of the demon talks. And as soon as they started talking like that, I knew, okay, they don't actually have the ministry in mind. This is a demonic assignment uh, to cancel destiny. So when people come around with opportunity, at first they may seem friendly. I've never heard this before. Oh, I've preached on a couple of times. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I so said, people forget, you know, but it,
0: they told you to leave RLM in order to have the uh-huh. mil- million dollars. Yeah. At job. first it's
1: really subtle. Like they love RLM. They think everything's great. They always pretend to love everything God's doing in your life. That's to get access. Then after that, they show you, they already showed me, they have multiple cases of this is how they make millionaires. And I saw how easy it would be. I literally could make my own schedule. I could literally see like, this is the easiest thing possible. I was like this is how these, this is how these people do this. this is not. People go and become billionaires doing the spiritual so
0: destiny had to be sacrificed like uh-huh. Sheba with yeah. the giving up of earthly wealth to yeah. Jesus Christ.
1: Right. So <laughs> I knew they were full of crap because I was like, I love Jesus. I love the glory. This is when you know that this is what God is doing. Like if you're smart, you find out what God's doing in the earth and you want to be a part of it. And then you don't abandon it. Right. There's nothing else that God is going to do. I've searched the whole earth. I came from the farthest reaches of the boonies. <laughs> the farthest
0: reaches of Ohio.
1: From the farthest reaches of Ohio. Wow. I traveled, you know, through the states and all down the tech, the best of what they have in Texas. <laughs> and I've seen all over, and I searched online and around the world, and all it traveled in the spiritual dimensions and realms and traveling in the spirit. And there isn't anything higher than what I found at RLM. That's why I, when I showed God, I asked God, I I looked at the Bible and I said, there's a golden thread I started to see through all of time. And through all of time, God was doing many things on the earth, many things that were not written in the Bible, but the main thing he was doing is always what's in the Bible. And when that was unveiled, my eyes were open to see that. I asked him to show me, where is that thread today? I know you're still doing the main thing that you're doing in the world. Where is it? What is it? I want to be a part of it and that's where he brought me is here
0: it's so interesting you say that because i've uh, over the years i've heard so many people tell me dozens that when they prayed to god to show them where's the forefront of your work in the earth today they were all led to red letter ministries because that's where it is literally several dozen people have told me that exact same thing Mm -hmm. that is so amazing and encouraging thank (laughs) you jesus
1: so that's why the judgments are so severe when there's betrayal against it because it's the main thing God's doing on the earth it's not just like something out there that's kind of for God it's like the main thing that he's doing that's why he's very protective of it it's not like anything else you've experienced before and there's many witnesses but again it's not up for you to decide your opinion doesn't affect it in any way it's just what God is doing and so we just we we're on board with it or we're not, and if you're not, there's not a lot of other options. If you reject the highest thing that God's doing in the earth, it doesn't go well. But okay, so that's not, that's not the end of it. So I said, obviously I said no to that, because what do you want? Millions of dollars or glory? Obviously, if you have an ounce of, if you have a mustard si- seed size of wisdom, mustard seed size wisdom, you would reject all the millions of dollars, billions of dollars for glory. But what do we find, what God wants to do in this day and age? He wants to wealth transfer from the wicked to the righteous. That's what he's setting up for. But guess what? (laughs) Not a lot of people are ready to receive it yet. You would squander it and waste it and destroy it and destroy yourselves and others. So we need to get you to a place where you're healthy, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And yes, I do believe physically, a lot of you, you know, maybe you're waiting on your healing. Spiritually healthy focus there. Take care of your body, too. It's important. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, mind, body, soul, spirit, healthy. Which is what? Full of glory. (laughs) A temple of glory, the glorious one. So it didn't just end there. Obviously, I said no to that because I had a tiny little bit of wisdom. Tiny, tiny little bit of wisdom at the time. Obviously, that is Satan. Satan, bad. God, good. Okay, I say no. Does it take any more than that? Well, if your star is still on the altar of the pyramid on the back of your $1 bill to Satan's gold, then you might go with Satan when that test comes up. But a lot of people think they would say no. If you're thinking in your head, I would would do the same. You don't know until you're tested. That's what I'm going to say. You don't know until you're tested. That's when the carnal mind, if you are in the carnal mind when you are tested, you fail every time you've got to be in the spirit the renewed mind the rainbow mind of christ the fourth mind gwen shaw the fine line the fourth mind check out the master class we talk Mm -hmm. about it in episode one chapter seven the renewed mind when you're in the renewed mind you'll make the right choice that's where it's clear. That's the rainbow light of the seven spirits of God that illuminates the path that you should take. So if you don't know what path to take and there's options before you, but you don't want to sin, get into the renewed mind.
0: Let's go into that a little deeper because that is so huge in breaking religion. So this is Gwen Sha, the fine line that we studied years ago. And she says there are four minds, and this blew my mind. (laughs) Okay, blew my four minds. (laughs) So you have the mind of the flesh, the mind of the soul, the mind of the spirit. What that progressively is, is the greater opportunity for deception. Not revelation, deception. Your own carnal Mm -hmm. mind, your own soulish mind, and your spiritual mind are all wrong. You must get into this fourth mind. That really is what the breakthrough for religion is. If you just get into your own spirit mind... You'll be the worst Pharisee of hell. Mm-hmm. But if you get into that fourth mind and get over your spiritual mind into the mind of Christ that is not you, but mm-hmm. a person greater than you that you become dependent on, that's when you begin to draw from him that daily bread, that sustenance. Mm-hmm. And that's really where humility comes from, is that I'm constantly dependent on someone greater mm-hmm. than I.
1: Yep, Because the idolatry of your own Ruah is really what's keeping you from getting to the nishama. So we have to stop being Ruah idolaters, but take me to Nishama through what? Purity and righteousness. That's the message. And if you want more details on, and you're really interested in that fourth mind, check out the links and save that for later. That is the masterclass. Go through the masterclass. A lot of you, you're going to want to go through it again. Why? Because if you went through it, but you're not standing on the moon clothed in the sun, you didn't really... Take the class and like walk in it. But I want to encourage you when you go through it, it's not going to be the same as before. We've had many people having even dreams lately. Someone posted a dream, one of the sisters uh, of the RLM tribe, she posted it online that she had a dream where essentially the Holy Spirit was showing her that if you take the master class in the school of the Magi and write, take notes. And what that is is essentially you write down the Holy Ghost highlights, whatever is highlighted to you, or you take notes when you go through it, and then you're going to walk in it. And so there is confirmation, confirmation. I know the people who are doing the best right now in rising, they are note takers. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the greatest note taker. You could be a terrible note taker. But if you're faithful with your terrible note taking (laughs) and you use what you have, See, God's not going to give you more until you're faithful with what you have. So if you don't have much note-taking skill, be faithful with your tiny note-taking skill. You could have a stick man with a sword and a shield with a little basic description and a cloud. And if it's the Holy Ghost highlight, it's anointed. I have some notes like that. I have some notes that are like wildly copied and pasted. Like streams of thought and text that were highlights that I just rapidly like go and paste and it seems kind of crazy but then I go through and I as I go through and read through them and go through them they're all Holy Ghost highlights and what it does is it keeps me on track for rising as fast as possible why because we tend to forget remember it's a merit to remember I'm always afraid like to forget I have this fear, uh, like this holy fear and awe of God that I might not merit to remember this very important thing, this circumcision of my soul, this revelation that I need to go to the next level of knowing God. And then that that fear that I might not merit to even remember that this precious realm exists. Oh, angels. comes over me, and I fear God, and I ask for the merit to remember, because I've watched so many people always just forget. It terrifies me when I see how many truths and realities that were spoken years ago, and I remember them, and I fear God uh, can remember, and I see how everyone forgets. I watch it year after year. Again, like, why do people make the same mistakes year after year, the same times and seasons and year after year, and it made me tremble, I started to take note of the times and seasons. Take note, what are the big prophecies? What were those groundbreaking truths? And I realized where well, there was a little bit of unbelief about it or offense because, oh, that's just a clay vessel. That's just a person like me, that can't be that true. And then they forget. But it was supposed to be for them too. You know, like, it's just little things like that. I know I'm talking about spiritual things. It may not make sense to the carnal mind, but this is important. And you know, the angels manifesting on this. Uh, You want to remember. So strive to remember and not forget those things that are precious. And if you can merit to remember, you will be able to draw on all the prophecies, promises, those words spoken in time and season, about times and seasons. That is going to help you so much in the days to come. So like when you're rising or when... A temptation comes or when something that is kind of confusing to your soul comes when the pressure of the enemy comes all of a sudden because you've merited to remember because you've been in that fear of the lord to not forget when the pressure of certain things comes upon you all of a sudden you have multiple there'll be like 5 10 15 sometimes 20 things immediately coming to you to help you and it's the subtlety oh yeah i remember when this person spoke to me in this exact tone of voice and way it was this spirit of this kind so at this moment this thing that's manifesting is just like that check okay red flag one so you separate between person and spirit because everyone who has foreskin and membrane can speak through whatever spirit at any time it could be the anointed one of jesus christ and another day another moment or the next sentence it could be a different spirit so You recognize the spirits from your different battles and encounters with them. At the same time, you have those perfect promises or prophecies, dreams, visions that were pure and tested in fire that come right away. Through what? The river, the grapevine. There it is, bam. Okay, well, this is the true and pure sure word of the Lord prophecy. Based on that, I know this. And bam, there's your defense. There's the sword, the rightly divide. And then, based on what you know of yourself, in that moment, I'm talking about spiritual things, but this is how I live my life every day. So I want to impart it in word form, whether or not you can understand it. And some of you really do understand this. I know you're a spiritual people. You're not a carnal people. You're a spiritual people. So it's going to benefit you. and that, So it's for your sake. If I'm out of my mind, it's for Christ and Him formed in you. I know that to be true. And in that moment... Those anointed words that God had spoken, those promises, scriptures will come. Dreams, visions, prophecies come. And then also that sword of my own previous incisions of circumcision that show my weaknesses. Well, my weakness in these times and dealing with these spirits is to think this way or to go too far to the right here. So then I, I stop myself, okay, well these really strong positive or really strong negative feelings. I tend to have made the mistake in the past of this, this, and that. So I guard myself over on that side. Don't go far to the right here. Don't go far to the left here. Even though so-and-so may be speaking out of a foreskin or a membrane, or a weakness, or a fear, or desire over here, and it's a little tainted here, I can see the, the river of life here, and here's the boundaries of what's happening so that way you don't overreact when someone is being spoken through like a foreskin or there's mixture in words and understand it's that severity of like uh, or that severe swinging left and right like the religious spirit this is a religious spirit characteristic way left way right Mm -hmm. and that's what ruth heflin the zidik of the previous generations he said isn't that what we tend to do when god says do this we go way over here And then we have to overcorrect and we go way back over here. And that's what we tend to do. If you can lay hold of this spiritual principle and merit to remember, walk in the fear of the Lord, to merit to remember these things, you'll catch yourself in the moment when the pressure of the enemy comes upon your mind and your heart, your emotions, and especially if you feel like people are speaking to you out of both sides, the enemy side and God's side. Never overreact one way or another, but be measured, and balanced, hearing the voice of the Lord, that sword that rightly divides what words are coming to you, because the enemy uses scripture and anointing, and the kingdom of heaven, of Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh, uses scripture and anointing. And if you want to keep yourself on the path of holiness, you're going to need wisdom And understanding. Wisdom is that guardrail for the right side. Understanding is that guardrail for the left side. That's the mothering and fathering of God in your life that will keep you on the straight and narrow. Remember, not to the left, not to the right. But the narrow way of Jesus Christ, which is rightly dividing the Word of God by the Spirit, it's the Spirit and the Word, that marriage. And that marriage of spirit and word within you, one with God, one with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, that is ultimately what's going to bring forth the marriage of the realms of heaven and earth. And so what is going to bring heaven and earth together? The removal of foreskin and membrane from all worlds in a company of people who are walking in it and that cluster anointing of the sacrificial Lamb of God, his life, him crucified within you, is going to release power in the earth. And what is that greatest power? Love. Mm-hmm. And for the love that you need to receive from God to really hit, the religious cap has to come off. The religion and the rebellion, we d- we've been dealing with the spells being broken. Dealing with the cap of the religion coming off and the rebellion coming off. Rebellion cannot save you from religion. Religion cannot save you from rebellion. They are two heads of the same snake. And it's all a lie. So what's going to set you free? More of the love of God. What's the love of God you need in your life? The removal of the religious spirit. Until those foreskins and membranes are removed you're not going to be able to receive more of the love of god because whenever god gives a good gift if it's given to the foreskin and membrane it's given to the demons that's the prostitution of the things of god so he wants to give you more of his love more which is power his love is the greatest power it's resurrection the the love is the power god's love the father's love is the power the very same power that raised jesus christ from the dead and can raise you from the dead while yet in the body. But it's always going to be perverted and counterfeit if it's given to foreskin and membrane, no matter how high a few people go in Christ. If there's foreskin and membrane and the apostles or the leaders or those of you who are just normal cosmic Christians rising, if you take that increase and you give it to people's foreskins, you will find yourself in spiritual fornication every time. It's not going to work, so why? Did we receive that word from Enoch in the book of Enoch? What did he command us? Love righteousness. That's rigid righteousness. Remember, ruthless righteousness of Enoch. Find ruthless in the book of Enoch. What does that mean? Ruthless against the foreskin and membrane. Because as long as those are there, no matter how pure the love is coming down from heaven, it'll always be prostituted to demons. Unless we become circumcised. A circumcised people. So some of you, you've encountered some of the love of heaven and you may have even experienced some of that through the people of God. It's come down in measures. But for those of you who have been to heaven and you've encountered that perfect love of heaven, it is going to come into the earth. It will return. That's the glory of heaven. It's the love of heaven. It's such a strong love. And I want you to not give up on that love because of having to face rigid righteousness. You have to go through Gevra before you get to Hesed. You have to embrace the severity of God, to walk in the love of God. And what does that look like? Ten weeks into the eleventh week of righteousness, and then don't give it to the foreskin and membrane of those who are not yet circumcised. It's not love to give them those things when they're uncircumcised. So what does that mean? Love righteousness. Embrace the sword. The circumcision. Embrace it. Love righteousness. Love rigid righteousness because no matter how perfect the things of God are from heaven, if they're given to foreskin and membrane, if they're given to demons, they will be perverted every single time. So get circumcised. I know it's not always comfortable to embrace the uncomfortable truth. But if you learn to love righteousness, you will become pure and righteous and holy and elect. And there is the promise of Enoch that in the future the elect will dwell with the elect. Which means all the comradeship and the, the friendship and the family that you long for, for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, it will come. But it's going to be from the, for the righteous, the holy, and the elect. Which means you learned to embrace Rigid righteousness, which is embracing the severity and the judgments of God, not so that you die, but so that you die to that self nature which is foreskin and membrane.
0: Wisdom's only spoken in heaven. As it's written, the wisdom from God comes down. So the language that's spoken by the mature is only from those that have risen through internal spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts you out from among the dead, even while in the body, Philippians 3, live Amplified. So, a lot of times we don't realize that study is required for salvation. As it's written, your name is written in the Lamb's book. Now, we know books are only used for study. We often think in the charismatic church, that's just my salvation. My name is in a book. It means that salvation is you studying his book, his word. What does it mean to study to show yourself approved? Mm -hmm. What is approved? Saved. I have found that every person that begins to go astray no longer loves the heavenly word. They fall in love with their own words. And so being under that divine order is submitting your spirit mind, soul mind, and flesh mind To the fourth mind, the mind of Christ. Carrying your cross every day and following Him is submitting your spiritual mind. This includes all of your feelings and emotions from your flesh, from your soul, and the feelings and emotions of your spirit to the mind of Christ. Is He really your King? Is He really your Lord? Are those areas of your life laid down and obedient? Mm -hmm. So this is why Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope, this confident assurance, we have as an anchor of our feelings and emotions. Okay? So the soul is the place of the feelings and the emotions. Okay? So are your feelings and emotions anchored in Christ? Is he really in charge of your happiness? Are you still manipulated by outward circumstances, situations? Can external forces of any kind, human or demonic, separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, right? Romans 8 says, It's your feelings and emotions that are not controlled by the Holy Spirit that causes you to war against Christ. That's what it says, that the carnal mind or the carnal emotions are at war, enmity, strife against the mind of Christ. But who has the mind of Christ? The one whose soul and spirit and intelligence is all bound up and sacrificed to that fourth mind. So, the reason why scripture depicts the throne is that your faith can understand that working of the throne room of Jesus on the inside, and you can bring sacrifice. What's the old covenant? you read about it it's literally continuously about sacrifice you know the exodus if you study the exodus the of moses in torah the the sole purpose of exodus according to moses and scripture was so that they could bring sacrifices to their god that's what it says it is no different in the new testament whatsoever We turn it into a thousand other Mm -hmm. things for the human being and prostitute, all the things of the New Testament for for personal gain. But the truth, the Mm -hmm. absolute truth, is that everything in the New Covenant and the New Testament is for sacrifice. The sacrifice of all things that you've benefited in your spirit. The sacrifice of all things that you've benefited in your soul. And the sacrifice of all things that you've benefited in your flesh for Jesus Christ the continuous serving of the king of glory with all the increases of glory that's mm. ultimately studying to show yourself approved because the only thing approved is if your mind will and emotions have bowed to Jesus today otherwise you could study all these things for a thousand years but if you are not submitted to the chain of authority of the mind of Christ the living mm. Lord Jesus on the throne it's all vanity vanity chasing after the wind isn't that what the greatest wisdom of scripture is? It it exposes the spirit's mm-hmm. dreams are vanity. With much dreaming is vanity, mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes it is written, which means all spiritual gifts, guys, are vanity if it's not for a progression of the inner man being more wholeheartedly subservient to the throne, which is angelic. Now, what are the angels? You all know that angels are... Uh, ministering spirits sent to help those inherit salvation, how do they help us inherit salvation? To be more like them. If if you send an ambassador to a person that needs help, that ambassador can only bring what they are. So therefore, salvation through angels, Hebrews chapter 1, which is what the Bible teaches, but it's rarely taught anywhere, salvation comes through angels. The new covenant salvation is only administered through the angelic Which means you have to become that holy, subservient, angelic of the throne in order to be progressively saved. Now, progressive salvation is what sozo soteria means in the New Testament. Not this one-time salvation, because you can lose it and get seven times worse, Jesus Christ said. So what? You got a demon cast out of you. So what? You got delivered from drugs and alcohol. You get seven times worse in the self-righteous religious spirit. You're going to go into the seventh hell. You're going to go into a Mm -hmm. deeper, worse hell. You'll be more evil than you were before believing in Jesus Christ. So now that salvation is a greater sacrifice of all that's been imparted into you by grace. That's what growing in grace is, is the abilities of Christ will constantly increase in you, and you'll be tested to see if you can lay him down and sacrifice him Mm -hmm. today for the king, which means you get closer and closer to his throne. When Jesus came demonstrating the Father's nature, what did he come as? A servant. Mm -hmm. Now, what does a servant do? It sacrifices everything Mm -hmm. for its master. And so must we to be followers of Christ.
1: Amen. And the Holy Ghost highlights there. uh, He came as a servant, but he also came as a businessman, a master carpenter, and he launched out into ministry. So he was a businessman, a very shrewd businessman, as his father is a Mm businessman. And also the other highlight, the Holy Ghost highlight there, was when you said about the seventh hell. Mm -hmm. You'll either go into the seventh hell I'm getting seven times worse, or the seventh Shema. Wait, aren't there five? The seventh Shema. This all goes back to where we started here with Brandon uh, and the Queen. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, it says there when the in the Hebrew, when the Queen of Sheba heard of the Shema of Solomon, and that is Strong's number eight zero eight eight. Eight zero eight eight Shema when the queen of Sheba heard the Shema of Solomon so we're going to the seventh hell of charismatic witchcraft mm-hmm. or are we going to the seventh Shema and I think it's worth taking just a quick look at the seven Shemas because <laughs> the, the spirit of religion takes you to seven times worse the seventh hell where the queen of Sheba did what was right, and she's the one who judges this generation. Why? Because she came from, you know, out in the boonies, all the way from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and did what with it? Brought forth planetary-sized gemstones and spices in all worlds that have never been brought since ancient of days into the tabernacle of God. And so, first, these things manifest in the above realms, and then they come down into earth, just like John Paul Jackson teaches in his school in the heavenlies. It's that blueprint in Berea that comes down the power generator of Isaiah that creates and it's formed in the world of formation in the before it's manifested into the earth. And that's how things are continuously created. That's how he says, I am continually coming. At the end of the book of Revelation, it's the continuous verb there, it's that word that is, I am continually coming, if you look at the Greek. But what are the seven Shema's of Jesus? The seven Shema of Jesus. What does it mean to be a reflector of the glory of God? To be married to the invisible? The visible married to the invisible. What does it mean to be the bride of Christ? To have seven souls that reflect the seven spirits of God. And to continue on with him for eternity, continually growing in him in his nature to reflect his nature, his glory, his love. The Hebrew word shema is a command, which means to hear and obey. Often it means both. And so in the Hebrew understanding of the people of God, to hear is to obey. If there's any separation from hearing and obeying, That's not Shema.
0: Yep, that's good.
1: If it's not hearing and obeying together, it's Christian paganism or Judaism, you know, Judaic paganism. Hearing and obeying is Shema. So we might be familiar, if you're a Bible scholar, you're probably familiar with the five Shema's. And for our Kabbalistic understanding and the Holy Sephirot, that's your first five souls, your first five souls, which goes up to what? Adam Kadmon white rose soul, right? You have nefesh, the you have yitzhida. ruah, yep, you have nefesh, you have ruah, and th- that's in, you know, Yetzirah, because you sanctify your ruah, you go up through Yetzirah, so you get to your neshama, and then there's the chaya, and then there is the yitzhida. so there's the first five Shema's. The command shema Yisrael occurs five times in the Hebrew Bible, all in the book of Deuteronomy, and Jesus used Deuteronomy very heavily as a weapon against Satan, so it take that into your arsenal to take a stand against Satan and his temptations in your life that you can stand in the day of evil which is the day of temptation in the first passage Shema is a command to hear and obey in the others it means pay close attention to the following word so number one Shema O Israel to the laws and rules that I proclaim to you today that's Deuteronomy five one. so nefesh Shema my nefesh come on (laughs) Laws and rules. What does a nefesh get? Laws and rules. Mm -hmm. Why? He needs it. You need discipline. Two. Shema, O Israel. Come on, my ruah. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one and only. Which means, guess what, Bakwe? Your ruah is not God. The Lord, YHVH, is God. So that's Shema to your ruah. Shema, O Israel, you are about to cross the Jordan. So Shema, Shema, Neshama. <laughs> that could be a good children's book. Shema, Neshama. <laughs> That's just the third soul. That's what you get in the world of Berea. You are about to cross the Jordan. That's Deuteronomy 9:1. So the Deuteronomy verses is 5-1, and then 6-4, and then 9-1. And then for the fourth one, for your chaya, your crystal chaya palace. Crystal Chaya Latte. I was so enthralled that someone made the Sailor Moon uh, art that had her literally holding it. it looked exactly like the pictures that we'd shown of what my pink crystal chaya looked like. And she was holding like the Yetzirah whip. It looked like it exactly, like the sword but a whip. And it was pink, and I was just like, Okay. I'm a, I'm encouraged. All right, so Shema Yisrael, you're about to cross the Jordan. So for the Chaya, number four, Shema O Israel. You are about to join battle with your enemy. Amen. You're about to join battle with your enemy. And so you find that it's a great embattlement. It's a nice encasement uh, house there. And that's where your white rose ends up dwelling after that is inside of that. You create a crystal palace. It's crystal chaya armor. Okay. You're going to need it for where you're going. You're about to join battle with your enemy. That's 20 verse 3. Deuteronomy. And then for five, the white rose soul, the yachita. Shema, O Israel. Yachida. Today you have become the people of the Lord your God. That's Y-H-V-H. You have become the people of Yarevave, your God. What is that? Yachita is that oneness with God. So what about the sixth shema? So a sixth shema occurs in Deuteronomy. For one, with a different word order. So so far we've seen Shema Israel, but this one says, Yisrael Shema," "O Israel Shema." So the order changes here in the sixth Shema, and that sixth is the Red Rose Soul. Mm. So the word order changes after entering that singularity. Things do change quite a bit in the ninth, in the ninth world, in the sixth soul. Yisrael Shema to the laws and rules that I am instructing you to observe as the second generation is about to enter Canaan the land given to them by the Lord by YHVH they must prepare spiritually and morally we see that reflected in the New Testament spiritual and moral resurrection mm-hmm. they must prepare so for the ninth world you really must prepare morally and spiritually Because up until the eighth world, it's you're increasing your confidence of the rungs and the increase of holiness. But what you find in the ninth world, you better be prepared spiritually and morally because you're not as holy as you think. And I know I went through that. You'll go through that as you rise. Always have confidence in Christ in you and not in your own rungs. It's very important. If they would remain in the land and know his blessing presence, they must hear and do all that the Redeemer has said to and done for them, and what we find is Yisrael Shema, that sixth Shema, the red rose soul, is a very similar wording as Deuteronomy 5 verse 1, the same thing that your nefesh was told, the laws and rules that I proclaim to you, but it's spiritual, so it's kind of like you kind of repeat that process, but you apply the discipline to your, it's a discipline for your higher souls, and then the seventh Shema, this is a really special one, Pink Rose Soul, 7th Shema, Deuteronomy 18. Whew. That's really strong. Wow. This is really strong. Sometimes it's just grace if you can say it. Mmm. Yeah. Moses told Israel that he would ra- God would raise up YHVH would raise up another prophet like himself. He will put his very words in the prophet's mouth, and because he will speak in YHVH's name, the prophet will stand in Yadavav's stead among the people. So and Moses was God lay elohim to the people exodus 7 1. so this coming prophet will be god's authoritative voice he will speak to them all that i god command him verse 18. god will not leave israel as orphans right the religious spirit wants you to be an orphan you're not an orphan when moses is gone another comes to fill his role someone that they would recognize if they knew torah because of what god has done and through moses so what is that jesus when he came he said you know who would recognize him if they were really abraham's sons if they really knew moses if they believed moses they would recognize jesus the seventh shema is jesus christ who is the image of the father and that seventh pink rose soul is a piece of the Father's soul, you know, chip off the old block, the spark off the flame. that light off the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. so it's a piece of the Father's soul. The Neshama is hewn from his throne of glory. the seventh red, or the seventh pink rose soul is a piece of the Father. The Red Rose soul is a piece of Jesus Christ himself it's red stained for the blood that was shed his sacrifice was so great cosmic and in the earth sacrifice it's the poured the pouring out the passion of Christ, his blood that he willingly poured out a great sacrifice that drips down through the heavens that beauty of his passion. The passionate love for you was this, that he laid down his life for you. The passion of the love of God is not the lust of the flesh or the spiritual lust of Moloch and Pan and Satan, but the passionate love of Jesus is that virgin king who laid down his own life and he spilled his blood for you his cosmic blood, his invisible blood, and his physical blood, who endured all suffering for your sake. That's true love. So embrace righteousness. Walk into that seventh Shema, and just as the Kavad glory had appeared to Moses on Mount Sinai, a bright cloud appeared and overshadowed Jesus and his three disciples that went with him to the top of the mountain, Mount Tabor, the mountain of transfiguration. Prepare yourself spiritually and morally. Prepare yourself spiritually and morally. Mm. Prepare yourself spiritually and morally for the mountain of transfiguration and those three witnesses. And that's how it is established in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Nothing rejoices our souls more then growing in holiness. And that's what it's all about, guys. May we all grow in tremendous holiness through the teachings of the apostles of the Lamb and be more and more like Jesus every single day as we rise from the dead. God bless you guys. It's <laughs> going to be a powerful week. We look forward to it. You guys have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV. Thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today, I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the Scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM-TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs His disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the holy spirit rlm aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe illuminating their lives with the light of god's word your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment the gospel of luke chapter 6 verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give it will be given to us in good measure pressed down shaken together and running over by supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse, where the sustenance of God's word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.